Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Wonderful. You're all looking amazing. God is in the house. You know, God does something amazing. So Saturday morning, I just thought before you sit down, I wanna I wanna just tell you this. So Saturday morning at about Four, quarter to five, 4.45 in the morning, God woke me up and I'd been uh, looking at my message for a couple of weeks. This is something that's been working in my life for probably 18 months. And um, so I came up with a great title. It's called Living in Love's Reality, The Way to Victory. So the Lord wakes me up and he says, no, 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 I want to talk to you about your love life. I went, wow. You know, sometimes we relegate our love life just to a married couple or a couple going out. But God is actually wanting to talk to you today and deal with your love life, your life of love. And so as we come around the Word of God, I'm praying and I'm believing today that God's going to shift something over your life. And you can actually, you're going to be awakened to love and, and His nature that is inside of you. So let's just pray. Father, we just thank you that your Word is living and active. Lord, it's able to do us Good. And Father, we pray that as we unlock now your word, Father, that as it comes in, Father, that things that have held us back, things and th- uh, even the counsel of the ungodly, things that we've learnt in our life, Lord, will begin to um, be released off us, come off us, will be unchained, and we'll actually be able to run our race, Father. We'll be able to see progress in our lives, Father, as we walk this journey out of love. And so, Father, I just pray for your anointing upon us, that our ears will hear, Father, that we'll see in the Spirit what you're talking about, and that, Lord, our hearts would leap into action. Our hearts would leap forward as we receive your word. And everybody said, Amen. Why don't you nudge somebody as you take your seat and say, how's your love life going? How's your love life, baby? How's that love going? Woohoo! I love it. I just love it. Just checking. Yes. If you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to turn to 1 John 4, 8. 1 John 4, 8 in the Passion Translation says, Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. Because, everybody say that, God is love. Everyone who loves the Father is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. Everybody say that. God is love. God is love. So we can't relegate love to a feeling because God personifies. He is the person. It's his nature that he is love. God continually exists being love. It says that he never runs out of love. He never exhausts love. He is eternal. This love, this God is eternal. His nature is love. His essence is love. And it flows from him. It cascades into us, the scripture says. Those who are loved by God and those who are open have opened their hearts to receive him. In the moment salvation is received, when you receive Jesus... God pours his nature of love into you. That's actually the spiritual transaction that happens. 
that God pours his love nature into you. You know, there's a a natural love, but the natural love tends to be quite selfish. How many know that? You know, we love because we get something. Uh, We love all kinds of different things. But this love is divine, supernatural love. This is an eternal love that has been poured. When you receive Jesus, you receive this love. It is the divine love that's been poured into your heart. Romans 5.5 says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God has been shed abroad into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which has given us. Something was imparted to you, an extraordinary impartation when you received Jesus. You received the love of God. It poured into you. The definition there of poured means gushing. You greedily accepted the love of God into your heart. He distributed it. He bestowed and poured out his love into your heart. Romans 5.5 5 says this one. Well, go back. Fantastic. Romans 5.5 5 in the Passion Translation says this, and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. We're not, re- we're not relying on the inferior love. We're not even relying on our natural love anymore. We have got access to the love nature of God. We have access to this imparted love within us. It is the greatest love. It is endless. And it will forever live in our hearts Do you know that love is greater than faith? Many of us are running after faith. But as it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, these three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And I'm going to show you why. Why love is so great. Let's have a look a little bit about the definition of love. And I thought it was interesting because I thought... Let's just go to the dictionary because many of us grew up with dictionaries at school and learned language through the school system. So the definition of love is an intense feeling of deep affection. It's also said to be a strong sexual attraction. It could also be a greeting when you go and you say, you know, know, hey, love you, so good to see you, or a salutation, I love you, um, farewell, whatever, you know. So it's used for all kinds of things, even the love of sport, like Ted loves cricket. And then he says, I love you, babe. It's like, what? You know, like, like, am I cricket? Like, (laughs) so we use love in our definition, we use love. You know, and then I thought, well, let's go to the scripture Let's go to the, to the scriptures. And one of the early translations was a Greek translation and he used a word called agape. And this word agape is all about um, the, uh, the love of God like a father, like a father's love. And most of us just shut our ears right there because most of us haven't had a good daddy experience. So we're like, we have no idea what that means. We don't even want to go there. We don't even want to step into that arena because it's like, well, that's like really weird. Like, 
Okay, so let's find something else. So we, we think, okay, well, it's a reciprocal love. It, it's a love that transcends the highest form of love. This is what agape means. It's unconditional. It's friendship love. It's brotherly love. You know, and the Greek even have seven words for love. You've got the filio love. You've got friendship love. You've got erotic love and all of that. And I thought, wow, it still doesn't touch my heart. It's still not moving me. Um, it's interesting because the scripture says in Galatians 5, it says this, the fr- that love has fruit. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. Galatians 5.22 says that, but the fruit of the Spirit, or the, f- the fruit of the love, love Spirit, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of love, is love, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and such there is no law. The reason why it says that, because Jesus came and said, All the Ten Commandments, the laws, are wrapped up in one law now called the royal law of love is that I am to love you with all my heart. I'm to love you. When I love you and I love God, I fulfill the law. So it's the royal law of love. So that's amazing. Let's just read this in in the Passion Translation. Um, In the Passion Translation. But the fruit of this, or the harvest produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience, patience that endures. Kindness in action. And a life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limited. So keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the Anointed One, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our old self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. So now we must live in the Holy Spirit who follows and follow after him. So I understand with the definition of the scripture that love has fruit. There's fruit that's flowing from love. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. And in that love, there's all these varieties that are flowing out. The harvest or the deeds or the works, acts which come from this love are these fruits in my life. I want to go a little bit deeper. I want, to go, I want to go a little bit deeper and I want to actually go to the Hebrew, the biblical Hebrew meaning of love, which is the original language. So let's go all the way back and find out what this definition of love is. So in the Hebrew word, there's several words, but I just want to highlight two words. And the first word for love is Ahava, ahava. Everybody say ahava. Ahava. This word means to give. It means giving. Giving. Love is giving, right? It means giving. So we see that in the nature of the Father. He's a giver. He's giving. So love is a giver. So we're not just focusing on the fruit we focus on the giving of these things to others. Giving. 
The tremendous truth of this is the fundamental thing about love is that it's giving. It's giving. In a relationship with husbands and wives, it's about giving to each other. A relationship with family, it's about giving to each other. It's giving affection. It's giving um, kindness, generosity, tenderness, spending time together. We're giving. We're giving. So this is a natural. We're not withholding and we're not waiting for it from someone else. We're actually proactively, we're giving. It's the nature of love to give. The nature of love is to give, and it's an action. It's, it strengthens our relationships when we give. These benefit me, but they are actually about benefiting others. And it sustains a giving love, sustains your relationship. You are never to look outside your relationship because you have everything you need on the inside of that relationship. That's why it's an exclusive zone. So the commitment between husbands and wife is to the exclusion of all others. You made a covenant and a, com- a, a, a commandment to yourself. I'm not looking outside of a relationship. I'm looking to pour out from the inside of me because if I've received Jesus, I've received the nature of God's love in me. So now I'm activating out of that love. You with me? We're going somewhere with this. We're going with somewhere with this. Everybody say, I'm on a journey. I'm on a, I'm on a journey. So this love in our, my relationship is going to sustain my relationship with my, my co-workers, my family, whoever I'm in, my neighborhood, everywhere. This touches every part of my life. When we invest into understanding this and we're investing into our relationship with our spouse, with our husband and our wife, we're actually creating a place of sustaining love. The second, the second Hebrew word is natan. Natan. This is another word for it. And the, uh, the idea is that natan you can read from the left to the right and from the right to the left. Everybody see that? N-A-T-A-N. So it doesn't matter which way. So it's like a circle. So the word of Love in the Hebrew is also about being a circle. That as I give, guess what? It comes back to me. As I give, it will come back to me. This is, this is what the word of love means. When I give, I give out, it will come back to me. As I give, it will come back. It's the cycle of love. It's a cycle of love. It's a circle of love. As I give, I receive. As I give out love, I receive as I give out the fruit and the virtues of love, I'm going to receive it. So if you're sitting today and you're saying, I feel unloved, the only person you have to talk to is yourself because you're not sowing, you're not giving out, and it's not able to come back to you. You must learn how to give and sow in to the relationship so it can come back to you. Can, can you see that? As I give, I receive. This is the, this is the word for love. God is a giving God. He gives out. It comes back to him, but he's giving out. He's always giving out. He's always giving out, and his motive is to give out. His motive is to invest into the relationship, but guess what happens? It comes back. So in the language of the Hebrews, they're saying that the nature of love is not how I feel. Oh, I feel sexually attracted to Ted. Right? Or I feel, oh, I feel like a really good hamburger for lunch. 
I fear, you know, I'd love, you know, um, a new dress. No, 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 no. See, this, that's not what God is talking about. He's fixated about loving you. He's put his nature in you and he wants you to flow in this love, this divine love. As you go, guess what? As you love, it starts to pour back into you. It comes back into you and you begin to receive. You begin to receive. Listen to the scripture from 1 John 3.18. It says, Beloved children, I love the way the Lord keeps calling us kids. Because you know when we get up and we grow up, we just lose something, don't we? We just lose the fun and the joy. And it's all right to make mistakes. It's all right to fall over. It's all right. Just get back up and get back into the presence of God. It says here, little children, our love can't be an abstract theory. We only talk away, talk about. But it is a way of life demonstrated through loving deeds. God's love is always demonstrated. So it's not about your words. It's about your deeds. Let me say that again. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do. See, God cannot say something without doing. We have to know that we are no longer after our old nature that we say something and not do it. We need to be loving like God, which means that if, well, as I'm saying it, I'm doing it. Okay, we need to activate that love. Love is not something that happens to us, but we create it through our actions when we give ourselves to others. When we give ourselves to others. Oh my goodness. Do you know on Friday we're celebrating our 38th wedding anniversary? It's a miracle. We've lived with each other for 38 years and we haven't killed each other. And... uh, (laughs) And this is something, you know, I'm not talking about something that's theoretical. Um, we've been living uh, together for 38 years. That's time. But much of the time that we've been together, we, we can actually, you know, we can actually be withdrawn from each other. So we're not, we're not living together. We're not one. But we can just exist in a relationship. You can even have two different bedrooms. And you can tell everyone, yeah, we're married. But here's the conflict, that love, the, the actions of love demand that we press through our offences, demand that we press through the nature, the nature of God in us is calling us up to something else. I love this, this concept. We, I, do not have any control over my husband. We do not control people. So I can't wait for him to show me love. I have to activate that love first. Love demands that I do it first. First with your family, first with your siblings, first with your children. You have been called to do it first. You have the nature of God, which means you have the capacity. You have everything you need to love. You have everything you need to begin the process and the cycle of love. You can change your destiny. You can change your marriage. You can change your relationships. It starts with ourselves. Don't wait for someone else. Don't wait for the feelings to come up. Love is an act of giving rather than receiving. So we need to stay. You know, the Bible does say that as we give, 
it will be given unto us. You know, Jesus is the new standard of love. He said in John 13, 34, he says, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is the royal commandment. This is the epitome of all commandments that you are to love one another, not with a human love, but with the access, you've accessed the love of God. No excuses. I have to love like Jesus loved. How he loved. A new commandment I give to you. This is the royal law of love. This is a love that says that the one thing in my life I have to do to prove that I'm filled with God is to love. I am to pour out that love and what will come back? It is assured it may, it may take a little time, but that love's going to go out. Jesus sets a new standard of love. You know, it's, it's a powerful love. God, God demonstrated his love that he gave Jesus to us. It is essential that we love. To please God, you have to have faith. But listen to me. Your faith will not work if your love is not working. Your faith won't work if your love is not working. How many here have been praying for a breakthrough in a particular area? It will not work because faith works by love. If you are not allowing the love of God to work in your life, that love will not activate your faith. You will not have the breakthrough, nor the healing, nor your provision why? Because you're stifling. You're cutting the legs off your faith. Listen to the scripture. Galatians 5, 6. When you're placed into the anointed one, Jesus, and joined to him, circum circumcision and religious obligation can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Write it down. You've been placed into the anointed one. You've been joined. You're one with him. In the spirit realm, there's one spirit and your spirit has been joined. You have access to the love of God. You have absolutely unlimited access to his love and his goodness. You have access to him. You have access to his love. Now, all that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. We must first deal with the issue of love. Over the years, you know, some of us as children, you know, we had certain ways that we dealt with when people, you know, did us wrong. We might have, we might have thought, well, I'm going to get back at that person. You know, when, when we were kids, very young, somebody does something to us, we're like, oh, I'm going to get back at them. I'm going to retaliate. Oh, maybe I'll just shut down and I'm just going to give you the cold shoulder. Maybe I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to help you anymore. You know, and as we grow in our, in our walk, we actually are educated through the system and the counsel of the word. We're also totally educated by the old sin nature. All of us know what it's like, you know. We've got all these bottled up things in our lives. 
and we come to Christ and now those things are yelling at us. They're going, this is how you live. This is how you relate. And I know for myself, one of the things that I used to do is, you know, I'd just shut down and how many here protect themselves from people around them? I'm just going to protect myself from you because you're going to hurt me. You're going to do this again. So 18, eight, about 18 months ago, I began to talk to the Lord about it. I said, why is it that when something like this happens, my response is this? I'm going to protect myself. How many here know, let's talk, let's talk, you know, heart to heart. We're just going to protect. We're not going to get, we're not going to give ourselves any more because they're going to hurt. You're going to use us and abuse us. It could be anybody. It could be friends or family. You know, they take advantage of us. And so what we do, we withdraw our heart from them. We withdraw from them and we stop loving and we stop. And I went through this process and God began to speak to me about what happens in those difficult times when we feel really hurtful or people are using us or people are mocking us or put whatever those situations. I'm never going to trust. I had a situation when I was a young, um, in primary school where um, I had, I, somehow I had really offended um, one of the girls, because her boyfriend in grade five asked me to do a project with him. You know, I'm like, oh my God, oh, this is really bad, right? So she really didn't like me. So, they, so she came to my house one day and she says, oh, we really want to, oh, we want to play with you. Let's go out and everything. So off I went down about three kilometers from our house through the horse paddocks. We had horse paddocks then, right down. And, I, and I'm wondering, why is she being nice to me? Because, you know, at school, she's like really unkind to me. And I go down there. And all of a sudden, it's a new building area. All of a sudden, all these kids, all these kids from all over started coming out. I'm like, so here I am, you know, nine, ten years old. And all of a sudden, all these kids from the classes came out. Kids I didn't even know. And she turned around and she goes, we're going to beat you up today. We're going to absolutely beat you up because you've got to keep away from my boyfriend. I'm like, I said, no, you're not. <laughs> I said, no, you're not. I'm going. No, you can't. And all these kids, and she's trying to get these kids to beat me up because some kid was nice to me, right? And I, 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 the sense of betrayal, first the, the horror of, oh my God, how am I ever going to get out of here? I'm so far away from home. So the story unwinds that I just go, I just took off like a rocket, like a rocket ship. Out I went out of that situation. And uh, the sense of betrayal and, and being set up and being so disliked, I was like, oh. And I, for years, felt very, uh, very hard to, to trust. Because I'm like, if you don't like me, you're going to hurt me, right? Everybody's experienced something in their childhood, like, ooh, you know, my gosh, you know? And I remember um, about maybe five or six years ago, as an adult, I found myself in the very same situation with adult people in being invited to a beautiful dinner, beautiful dinner and everything, sat down. And then they turned around and they said, now I want to talk to you about about you, and I just had this whole scenario come right back in my face going, oh my God, hear it happening all again. Here are these people who I thought were my friends, I thought, I thought this was the situation, completely turn around and they just start attacking me 
and how bad. And I just went, oh my God, how do I, how do I deal with it? I didn't deal with it very well because I had no experience. I had no, I didn't know how to experience it. I didn't know how to pull on it. How, what do I do? How do I walk out? And I was very wounded and hurt again. I said to, and I was talking with Ted about it, and I said, isn't it funny that it happened there, and it, and it happened again, and it's happened a few times, but not so dramatic. And here it is again. Is there something, is there a wound in my spirit that's pulling on these things? Is there something that I haven't learnt? Is there something in my life that I need, I need to understand how to walk in love? Because, you know, this love of Jesus is supernatural love. And I tell you what, my natural love didn't cut the mustard. <laughs> I had nothing to give, right? I was just like going to banish that, their names forever and never seek that name again, you know? Um, but you know what? I'm realizing that God's deposit of his love within my life, I now set on a course to say, God, you've got to deal with, I need to deal with this so that it never happens again. And I don't respond in the same way. I don't lock down myself. I don't want to trust anyone. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't like people anymore, God. People hurt me all the time, you know? God's saying, hang on a second. Where are you drawing your strength from? Where are you, where, where, what are you accessing? I'm like, God. So I just like, God, I just press and God, God, you've got to deal with these things. God, and he's like, it's the, your nature, Sylvain, to love. It's your true nature to love. I'm like, well, I'm like getting it. Like how many here go, I still don't get it, God. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. But God wants us to not try in our old nature, but he wants us to start to come in to his nature and allow his nature, his love nature, to begin to trust and love. Hold no record of wrong. Oh my God, did he really say that? I don't, I don't want to listen to it anymore, right? But love's nature is that it will never hold a record of wrong. I've got volumes. Have you got volumes at home? This person did that back in 1975. This person did this to me in 1962. I wasn't even born, but I knew they did it, you know? <laughs> but our whole life, we can, we can store it up, store all this stuff up. We store in all this ammunition because it proves, see, you can't be trusted. But God never said, trust those who are trustworthy. He just said, love everybody. Love everyone. Love everyone. It's, just, it's absolutely. Let's move on. We talked about this. Faith will not work. Our faith will not work with, without love in action. Faith gives us substance. God wants us to move in it. I'm going to skip because I want to get to something. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things seen. Many of you have stymied your, your, your progress because you're refusing to love, because love activates your faith. You're asking the question, why isn't there any fruit for my prayers? I'm believing God for a breakthrough, and you're not getting it because your love is inactive. And God is bringing you back to that, is bringing you back to love. Here we go. 
love. Love endures long, and it's patient and kind. Love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy. You know, jealousy stirs up hatred, and hatred stirs up judgment. It says that in Scripture. you just got to know that. When you do not forgive, and you do not release people, and you have hate in your heart, it is, it is tragic what happens in your life. So love endures. Love is patient and is kind. Love never is envious or boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious, and it does not display itself haughty. 1 Corinthians 13.4 It is not conceited. It is not arrogant and inflated with pride. It is not rude. It is not unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own way or rights. It, it's, or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. Now listen to this. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It keeps no record of wrong. Love keeps no record of wrong. Love keeps no record of wrong. So how does God love you? He sees no record of wrong. And if I'm loving God and God's loving me, and all I can do is keep my, my account of wrong towards my husband, now we have a conflict. Because we are to treat one another with the love of God that will release the grace and the, and the love will start to flow. Pretty powerful. Which one? Five. Let's go. Love. It does not rejoice in injustice and uprightness, but it rejoices rather than right and in, when truth prevails. Love bears up under... Is that right? <laughs> I'm like playing here. Playing with it. Playing with the machine. Okay, love. Verse 7. Love bears up anything. Under anything. Under anything. Love bears up under anything. Our old love will go, I'm out of here. And God goes, nah. You've got to bear up. I'm with you. I've provided the love for you. Bear up under anything. And everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best in every person. Say this. I believe the best in every person. Saved or unsaved. Wow. You know, you don't have to carry all this weight around you anymore. It hopes are fadeless. Because, remember, faith... It's the substance of things hoped for. If your love's not working, your hope's not working, you have nothing to pray for, they're wishful thinking. God wants you to activate love because love produces hope for things, hope for breakthroughs, hope for provision. You cannot have an active faith if you don't have an active love. Love, in its essence, will make faith work. It's so powerful. Love never fails. Let's go here. Love never fails. It never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, 
We all want to move in the gifts of the Spirit. But that will cease. But love will never cease. Love will always prevail. So I might have prophecy. And I might have the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose of God. It will be fulfilled. And, you know, the tongues will be, that will pass away. As for tongues, they'll be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. All of it will lose except love. You don't need to prophesy in heaven. Love prevails. Love prevails. Love bears up. Love doesn't keep a record of wrong. I want you to go home with your list and rip it up. Rip up your list against your mum and dad. Rip up your list against your brothers and sisters. Rip up your list against your teachers. Rip up your list against the authorities. Rip up your list. Rip it up. No account. No account. It's like you've got you know, a bank account. You pour something in there and it retains it. The same, that there's an account of unforgiveness, an account of wrongs, that if we are not mindful, we are carrying that around with us. We need to keep no record of wrong. We do not traffic in shame. We do not traffic in disrespect. We seek honour. We do not um, brag on ourselves. We are not irritated and easily offended. We don't hold resentments in our heart. We don't keep score or try to get even with someone. That is not the nature of love. Love rejoices in this honest. Love is a safe shelter. Love never stops believing the best. Love never takes failures as defeat. Love never gives up. Love never ever gives up. It's never obsolete and it never comes to an end. That is the nature of God and that is now your new nature. That is what's inside of you. Whoever told you you cannot love doesn't know what God did in your life when you were born again because he gave you everything so you can be successful. Everything. Everything. And you need to go home and you need to read it. 1 Corinthians 13, you need to read it and read it and go, this is who I am. This is what's in, you haven't accessed it. You haven't accessed the riches. It's inside of you. God's love will ensure that your relationships will thrive and flourish. You can bear, you can bear up under anything. It is so powerful. Think about it. Someone's lying to you. Someone's cheated you. Someone's taken you away from your nature. Someone's taken you away from what's in there. That's new standard. This new standard. This new standard. Listen to the next one. Matthew. Yes, we're on the right, we're on the right track here. Come on, Matthew 5, 44, 45. Listen to this. This is really good. However, Love your enemy. Bless the, the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them, which is what I should have done when I was 10 years old. When they persecuted me, I should have prayed for them instead of going home going, I never want to talk to you again in my life. I'm going to protect myself. I should have prayed for them. I should have moved into the, to the love, and that's what I'm learning. I'm learning to pray for, why? 
that will reveal your true identity as children of your heavenly Father. He is kind to all and brings the sunshine to, the, to, to, to warm everybody. He brings the sunshine to warm everyone and the rainfall. He's not a respective person. He does the good to good, both good and evil. And you are children of God. You have to be good to everybody. You can't have any enemies. They might be your enemy, but you cannot have any many enemies. Everybody say enemies. Enemies. Not the other, other one. <laughs> so you're not to take account of wrongs. It will, it will stifle your faith and stifle your move. It will stifle. You must have this attitude of Christ. He's the new standard. 1 Peter 4, 8 says this, Above all, constantly echo God's intense love for one another, for the love of God will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. Maintain an attitude of love. Possess it so closely. Echo, echo God in forgiving, loving one another. Romans 13, 10 says this, I don't know if I got it. Love makes it impossible to harm another person. Love makes it impossible for you to harm someone. So if you're acting out to harm someone, you're acting out of your old nature, your old way of thinking. Love does no harm. You need to walk in the spirit, walk in the ways of God. God's kind of love forgives Listen to this. In the nature of God, he forgives. Not only does he forgive, he forgets. So can you imagine, say if Ted and I had an argument this morning and he said something, you know, and he's like, I'm sorry. You know, he says to the Lord, oh, Father, forgive me. Instantly, God is forgiving. Instantly, God is forgetting. And instantly, God regards him as he's never sinned. I can walk around with a chip on my shoulder and give him the cold shoulder the whole day. Guess this being the one being affected. I'm now cutting relationship. He may, with his father, be instantly forgiven, instantly restored. He may be completely and utterly now flowing in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sitting there getting really, really upset. Because if everybody knew what he was like, right? Just think about it. You've been in church life or your home life and something happens and God starts to use someone and you're going, if people would only know what I know, nobody would listen to him. It's not fair. It's not right. See? So we are treating him now. I'm treating him out of love. I'm now stepping out of the flow in the nature of God. I'm being unforgiving. I'm now in my heart walking away from the nature of God. But the Bible says that we are to fill. One of the characteristics of divine love is forgiveness. And it is immediate. And it's, it's, in, it's eternal. It's right there. So when God looks at us, sees no fault, sees no sin, he doesn't deal with us according to our sin. Many of you would be jumping up, I can prophesy, I can love, I can run out, I can do all these things. I'm totally unburdened. Why? Because if you understand the truth, it will set you free. The Bible says, be kind and affectionate to one another. God has forgiven you. You have to forgive too. 
You know, the Bible actually says that you're not to, you are not allowed to regard one another after the flesh because Christ died for everybody. So the person you might hate might come to Jesus tomorrow and what are you going to do? Now that person is right exactly like you and you have to love that person. You're thinking, I've hated you for 20 years. Mother-in-law, sister-in-law, uncle, here you are. The Bible says you're not allowed to do that. The love of God says no. The love of God says you're not allowed to do that. You have to love everyone. God's nature forgives and forgets. I'm here to blot it out. Your transgressions, it says. Isn't that amazing? The Old Testament, but New Testament. I'm here that blotted out your transgression for my sake, and I will remember your sins no more. How many here are forgiven? Of all sin, everyone's hand has, should be put, everyone's hand should be up. You actually are forgiven of all your sins. Come on, Layla. <laughs> All of our sins, we have direct access to God. That means we have direct flow of love for everyone. We're forgiven. We don't hold judged. We don't hold grudges in our, in, our, in our heart. Listen to number 28. Let's get down to 28. Yes. So whenever you find yourself, you find that you're carrying something in your heart against another person, release him. Everybody say, release him. The word forgive means to cast away. It means Jesus took our sin, cast him into the sea of his forgetfulness to forget. When you find in your heart there's something you need to take, it, you need to throw, your relationship with that person is more important. That's why God gave you his nature. He gave you his love nature. Your relationship is more important. When you find something in your heart against somebody, someone, release him and forgive him so your Father in heaven will also release and forgive you. But if you do not release forgiveness, do not expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. Forgiving others and forgiving self. Some of us here need to forgive ourselves for what we've done and release ourselves and forget. The Apostle Paul had to do that. Do you know the Apostle Paul? He was a murderer and he, con and he conspired and he put Christians into prison. He broke up families. He, brought, he was a blasphemer. And then God called him. And you know what he said? I have to forget. I do. I forget the things behind that I may embrace my future. Many of us living in our past, we still identify with our old self. But God is saying today is the day where you forget. Today is the day you forgive yourself. Today is the day you embrace your inheritance and you embrace who you truly are. Today is a day where God is calling you back to first love. Today is a day where God is releasing you so that you can truly have a love life. A love life that's not just based on the sexual relationship that goes, what, I won't say one minute, but I might say 40 minutes, 30 minutes, right, a week. That's like... 167 hours, what are you doing about love outside that 166, seven hours? That's your love life. 166 hours in your week, you should be a lover. You should be flowing out of the nature of God. You should be flowing out of that new nature. Can I have the worship team come up? Taking a little bit more time today, I'm sorry about that. 
but I just really believe that God wants to unlock your faith, but the key to it is to unlock your love. Love is patient. Love is kind. All the attributes of love, the way that God loves you is the way you're to love others. I encourage you to go to the Scriptures and begin to allow him to wash over you. Forgiveness is a key. Forgetting is the other side of forgiveness. God forgives you in Christ and he forgets. So how does he treat you? Perfectly. Without anything between you and him. But he says now not only do we want this relationship, we want the relationship with others. And this fulfills the law, the royal law of love. Father is calling you back. How about you stand with me as we're coming to a closing? Has this helped anybody? I can feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit in the house. (laughs) Because I have been, even studying, I'm so convicted to be aware that I am a lover. Everybody say, I'm a lover. I'm a lover. I'm not a hater. I've been filled with the nature of God, not just a little bit but poured into you. You've been poured in, into your heart and your life. You have received and poured in the love of God. You may be away from God now. In this place, you may never have met Jesus, but it's a time for you to come home and to receive the love of the Saviour, to come and allow Him to forgive all of your sins and your mistakes and let Him atone for you. Let him take it all away and bring you into a love relationship. Maybe you're here today and you've just been walking in your own love, your natural self-love, doing it yourself, trying to be good. Well, those days are over. You need to take the risk and begin to be like God, be a giver. And let the cycle and the circle of love begin to flow over you. You need to allow it. You need to take the risk. You need to do something. You need to give something. You need to sow something. You need to be generous. You need to pour it out. And all of that is available in you. Today, as you are washed by the Holy Spirit, you're washed and cleansed. God's going to come and it's going to release the love. Maybe you're here today and you've not been actively walking in divine love. His Spirit is here. You know, the Bible says that the love of God constrains us. I always thought, what does that mean? You know, when you're on a farm and they want a worm, an animal, what they do is they take these animals and they push them into these gated corrals until there's no wriggle room. Everybody say, no wriggle room. Because when you come in there, The nature of Christ, the Holy Spirit wants to constrain you and force you into his way of doing life with no wriggle room. If Jesus doesn't do it, I don't do it. What does Jesus say? What does love say? I'm going to put the harness of the Holy Spirit on and be constrained. I cannot live how I used to live. I cannot say what I used to say. Allow the love of God to constrain you and place you into the yoke with Jesus and you will see miracles. You will see God move in your life. You will see him outworking. I know it's a word for you today, church. I know it's a word because as you walk in the Spirit, 
you walk in love. Walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit and His nature will flow from you. Today, close your eyes right now. Holy Spirit is here. I just feel Him right now. Holy Spirit is here. Father, I thank you that you've forgiven us of all of our sin, Lord. You've forgiven us, Lord, of walking in our own ways. You've forgiven us of walking in our old nature. You've come and you've poured your love into us right now, Father. Lord, let there just be a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, immersed in the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of love, and that love will flow. That love will flow, and all the anxiety and all the weights, the heavy weights, I, in the name of Jesus, I just command those weights off you that you can love, that you can live in the spirit, you can move in the spirit. This God kind of love, this divine love has been poured into you. Today is the day of release. Today, God's going to turn around. God's going to turn around the things where you have felt completely out of control. God's saying, that's right. You're not in control. I'm in control. You're not in control. I am in control. You're not in control of your spouse and your friends. I am the only one who's working in you to will and to do according to the purposes that I have for you. It's not about controlling situations. It's about releasing the love of God in those situations. Today, we put God first. Today, we put Jesus first. Today, we're going to choose love. The love of God and the God kind of love has been poured into your heart. Therefore, you're a lover, even as your father is a lover. You're not a hater anymore. You're not a schemer anymore. You're not withdrawn anymore. You're not self-protecting anymore. You're not self-helping anymore. God has done it all. And we release the love of God right now to completely flow over your life. Flow over your life. Father, touch every heart, Lord. I pray, Father, as they just speak to you now in the mighty name of the Holy Spirit, Father, you release love and you release healing. I pray for healing and provision to be released in your life right now in Jesus' name. God is good. His nature has been given to me. I want you to say this. I have received the nature of love. The love of God. And I, and I am a lover. And I am a giver. Jesus' name. Thank you, church. Be blessed. God bless.